When describing youth culture of the 80s, Black Flag once declared, I was so wasted. Well, in his new song, my guest today on the program describes youth culture of 2021 in a similarly succinct way. Spoiler alert, he thinks they're wasted too. I'm Alex Green, and this is Stereo Embers, the podcast. Check this out. I wish we were still 18, living at a daydream, falling in love. You were skipping Friday classes, I was taking acid, trying to trust. I've been hedging my bed, I've been breaking a sweat, I can't afford gasoline. Heart's beating out of my chest, cardiac arrest, I'm losing my mind again. Wasted American Kids, the brand new one from Modern Love Child, a band which features my guest today on the program, Johnny Shane. Let me tell you a little bit about Modern Love Child and Johnny Shane. So Johnny Shane was on our show, oh man, I think it was October of 2019. It was right when his band's debut album, MLC, had hit shelves. And then a few months later, the pandemic hit, and everything ground to a standstill. But the East Coast-born Johnny Shane is a moving target. The guy is everywhere. He was in L.A., he was in Costa Rica, and now I think he's in Florida. Who knows? One thing is for sure. With his winning personality, Johnny Shane is one of those guys who fits in wherever he is. And his music should fit in just fine on any of your playlists. Modern Love Child play a perfect blend of catchy new wave and soaring pop. And Shane is not only a great songwriter, he's a great writer. His lyrics are observational and vulnerable and clever, but his real gift is throwing in unexpected phrases and lines that you'll never see coming. This guy's got it all. Pop smarts, lyrical smarts, and melodic smarts, and they punctuate every Modern Love Child track. And as far as I'm concerned, Shane is one of the most refreshingly innovative and engaging lyricists we have. I caught him in Costa Rica in the middle of a surf trip, and we had a great chat. So here's me and Johnny Shane, right here on Stereo Embers, the podcast. looking in the jungle in Costa Rica what? right now. Uh, yeah, my, uh, my buddy um, rented a, uh, a place for the week and he gave me a discounted friends and family rate for the stay. So I'm at a super nice little uh, place up in this like 
this little jungle in Costa Rica and was just surfing this morning and eating coconuts and it's been incredible. So absolutely no complaints at all. Yeah, so I was gonna ask how your, how your general psyche is with all this whole pandemic stuff, but you sound like you're in a good place. I mean, yeah, it's funny though. Like I, I was really excited to get down here, obviously just to, to travel uh, and uh, do just kind of get out of my normal routine. But the COVID is still absolutely affecting any, like even down here, I thought it was just gonna be like, I could just like forget about COVID, but it's, you know, obviously you still have to wear a face mask. Bars are closing early, like still social distancing rules, which is good because clearly, you know, the, 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 it's still a very real thing. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's, I'm, I'm very generally very happy to be down here and surfing in, in warm water. This is like, this is my, my ultimate goal is to set up shop down here one day. Um, so yeah, all's well. Yeah, I mean, are you still based out of LA? Because LA right now is sort of like a very scary place to be. So dude, that's, that's the thing. Like obviously LA has been, you know, more or less home for the past 10 or so years, but um, I put all my stuff in storage in, Jan in December. Um, I got out of my lease and I put all my stuff in storage because I was going back home to the East Coast quite a bit um, or if, like for the, I knew I was gonna be back East for all of the holidays and I didn't wanna do a bunch of travel back and forth just because obviously that's not safe considering everything that's going on. And I was just thinking, I was like, well, like LA is not a great place to be, I, be right now at all. And I think I'm not the only one who feels that way. So um, yeah, I put my stuff in storage and I'm just kind of floating now. I'm obviously down in Costa Rica right now. I'm, and uh, I'll, I'll see where, where I go next. But, um, but yeah, I'm not currently in LA. I eventually will be back in LA for sure, most likely. But um, yeah, no. Uh, Got out of got out of dodge per se. Yeah, how what has happened to you creatively in the last? Can we say six months? Like what's what's going on with you in terms of your creative process and your headspace? Yeah, I mean, I've been look. I it's there's, there's been plenty of time to to write. I actually had a pretty amazing month of December. I just got down here a couple of days ago, but before that. I was uh, I was back east, and um, I was and I'm from New England. Like initially, I think I remember telling you that, and I was able to like my mom was out of town, and my full family. Basically, I had my like my childhood home to myself for a few weeks, and all I did was made fires, and there was really gnarly you know, winter storms that came through. So I kind of just hunkered down and wrote a bunch of music, but all throughout the quarantine, I've, I've really been, I've like steadily just kind of, I'm always like writing and I don't think it's not like for me, I don't, I'd be lying if I'd say there's some, like I have this whole creative process where I need to be in this type of mindset and I need to do a sound bath and then do yoga to get into a proper headspace to go do any of that. Certainly all of that helps. But um, the one thing that it does where it, it hurts a little in terms of the creative process or the writing side of things is I need the stimulus of of travel and meeting a beautiful girl or meeting a friend or like that type of thing to kind of help kickstart that whole process. So there's, there's limited stuff to pull from. So I've been just kind of working on things that I've kind of been toying with and then just kind of putting them to bed or like finishing them off. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So tricky question, but knowing that you need that, how willing have you been to sort of live on the edge 
in terms of like, let's just say with meeting a beautiful girl, I'm in the same place yeah. as you, right? But, but how do you, in terms of trying to execute that, have you taken chances maybe you shouldn't have taken? Like what, to get that creative process going? Probably, <laughs> yeah, I think so. Um, I mean, look, I, I'm under the impression of like, you have to still continue to try to live your your life and not be totally held captive to everything that's going on. But obviously it's a fine line where you have to be a responsible, it's not just being a responsible uh, citizen or Californian or American, it's just like a responsible person in the the globe because I'm here, I'm abroad right now and ev like, everybody's affected. It's crazy. I'm meeting people from all, all parts of the, the world. And it's just eye opening because everybody kind of gets in their, everyone is in their own little worlds and communities. And those all, all of their little worlds have been rocked by this, but it, on a scale, on a larger scale, everyone is dealing with it. So um, without to sound, sound tremendously cliche, it's just been like, yeah, like we literally are all kind of in this together type right. of thing. But back, back to your original question, I think I've probably been a bit risky, um, but uh, just to get some sort of stimulus going. Um, the first half of quarantine was like, you know, I wasn't, I didn't go anywhere. I was pretty, I was pretty on lockdown. Um, and then like, once I realized, I was like, okay, I think I, I won't die from this because I'm pretty sure I had COVID back in January because I've had all the symptoms. Um, and then every time I've traveled and I've gotten on or off a plane, I've gotten checked and I've, I've, I haven't had it. So, um, but yeah, I uh, definitely probably have taken some risks. <laughs> yeah. I met a girl in the summertime and she said, oh, let me, I want to come over to your house. And I was like, that's awesome. Cause I just met her. And then I started thinking about it and I was like, why, who else's house is she going over to so quickly? Right. Who exactly. So yeah, there, there have been times where I've like been like, wait, maybe was that not the safest thing? Like, but you know, at the same time, like you just gotta, I don't know. I don't think it's like, I, it's, it's like this man. And, and I'll use a surfing reference. It's like, when you're gonna go out and you're gonna go surf and the waves are beautiful and you're really excited about that, you're not too concerned about what's underneath the water and the potential of there being a shark biting at your toes. You know what I mean? You're more distracted good of it. So um, I'm just trying to like, just continue to live my life to just as normally as I can without being uh, irresponsible. Yeah. How, how did the pandemic, did it, did it upend your musical plans in other words the album had come out in the fall mm -hmm. of 19 you were going to be touring things were happening did it did it slow the momentum did it get in the way yeah so sort of yes and no so basically i was i was set to play south by southwest in march right which was really exciting for me but it's kind of funny how things work out and i think you may remember this from our first conversation but I, I've, I've coined myself as like an the ultimate the ultimate optimist often like i like I'll, i can find a way to spin it and make everything like look better in my perception of the like the way that I, I i view it so i was set to play south by southwest and um you know going to texas and getting a band together because modern love child like it's a band when i play live but those are all people that i need to go out and hire and they're all friends and stuff but like you know it takes a certain budget and at the time this the the record label that i was signed with um in the uk I told them that I got accepted and asked to play a South by Southwest showcase, which was super exciting. But then they were kind of being a little, um, 
just a little stingy on like the budget and travel accommodations. So it was actually turning out to be like a, 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 a headache because I was super excited to like go and, you know, play South by Southwest. But then I was like, shit, well, like how am I, like the logistics actually like were kind of working against me essentially. So that it would look, it was a bummer. It's actually always been my dream to play South by Southwest, like any like, you know, big festival. Um, at least I got to know, like just getting the email where I was like, hey, congratulations, you're, you know, going to play a show showcase at South by Southwest. I was super excited. So that kind of up, obviously uprooted everything. And look, uh, I'm like in at least where I'm right now with, with Modern Love Child, I'm in the, like, just like the early on growth phase. I feel really bad for like the bands that like are tour, like they're touring constantly. And this is like they have families luckily I don't have like a family that I need to provide for because they're getting you know they have been getting super rock but I'm just like just trying to hop on people's tour and be like the supporting act for now um but yeah so it it uh it definitely you know changed things um but I have other things going on I actually I started a board game company with my older sister during quarantine which um was which paid for my flight down to uh, Costa Rica. Um, so I've found like little other hustles uh, to, to keep my head above water per se. Well, is the is the board game out? Is it is it already a thing that's happening or is yeah, it? Yeah, so, so yeah, dude, so I'll tell you all about it actually. Yeah. Um, uh, I know it's not it's not totally music based, but I think it's it's important that people have to people realize that nowadays in terms of a, a, an, an artist, a, at least a, a musician, like, you know, it's not like 1994 where you sign a record deal and they send you a huge, you know, half a million dollar advance and you're just, you know, you're living, you know, on a beach in Malibu. It's certainly not like that. So um, I think even more and more artists have to be far more just business savvy, whether it's just about their their music or they're just their personal finances or, or how they conduct their tours and budget things. And you know, Ben Queller, the artist, and he's like my mentor slash, I help him with his own label, The Noise Company. He's like the most business oriented artist. He has like the, I think he's a Gemini, which I think those are the people that have like, I don't really know this, that whole world, but I think those are the people with like the two different sides to themselves. And he can be like full blown artist, creative thinker, but then also he's like budgeting and has an Excel sheet to make sure that like the business and the finance side is all squared away. So I took a lot, I learned a lot from him from that. And I'm also kind of like, like, look, yes, I music to me, making music, the process of making music is my favorite thing in the world. Um, but you have to like, you can't just be, you know, wishing, wishing upon a star every night to like hope that your song's going to be in the next Apple TV show and they're going to give you $100,000. That just, you know, I still have those dreams, but like you have to also, I've learned you have to be like, be realistic and, and, and just be, also have that, that business side of your, um, your, your brain. So um, I've learned to, you know, have the art side and be able to be a creative thinker and uh, a creator, but then also, you know, be, um, be versatile in terms of uh, making making money. Um, right. So, long way around that is basically my sister, who's very brilliant. She went to Harvard, and she'd probably tell you that within thirty seconds of talking to to her. She's one of those, but I I love her. She um, we go to a place. We grew up going to a place called Nantucket, which is an island in, on the East Coast, and the the airport code is ACK. 
but it's referred to to people who go there as ACK. Like, so people are like, oh, I'm going to ACK this summer. And people, you get the bumper sticker and it says ACK. And that's just like, it's like a nickname for people who go there. And people who go to this island, they really love it. It's, a, it's an incredible, it's a really incredible place. It's like, a, it's one of those like very rare places that's like stuck in time. There's no stoplights, it's cobblestone roads. It's like proper New England, old Americana type vibe, right? So it's called ACK. Um, people call it ACK. And my sister was playing a bunch of backgammon during um, quarantine. And she had the idea. She was like, hey, like, what about if we make ACK gammon? So that birthed our business, ACK gammon, um, where we customize these boards and then put the Nantucket emblem on it. And Nantucket's a pretty bougie place. So people will like certainly certainly have the, the funds to buy like a nice, and it's like a nice looking um, coffee table type backgammon board. That's one, you know, you can play it. Um, it reminds them of like a place that that's probably dear to their heart that whether they like, you know, they go there for, for their summer holiday or, or been once. Um, so it did really well. <laughs> and I, and she brought me on as like the co-founder to kind of, I'm like the ultimate, like just hustler. And I, I'm all about just knocking down doors or, or even if the door doesn't open, just going through the window type of mindset. So, um, <laughs> So I helped her uh, kind of just, you know, I got it. I reached out to the, the main newspaper at there or in magazine and got it on their Instagram and we did a deal with a wholesale company. And now we're trying to do customized boards um, for like big breweries. Cause there's a big, there's a big brewery on the Island um, that is kind of like a staple of the Island. And I kind of wanted to be like, well, we could probably make these customized backgammon boards for really colleges or country clubs or, whatever, whoever pay, plays backgammon. Um, so yeah, that was, it was just an exciting, you know, I don't know if attraction is the right word, but just another way to, you know, to, to be uh, versatile and, keep, and, and help keep my head above water. Yeah, and so it's not as though you've reinvented the game of backgammon, it's just simply no. customizing the board. Yes, but actually, to be honest, we kind of, we did reinvent it in the sense that we have a drinking aspect to it. Um, like, it's like, if you roll a double, you drink a double. And that was just to make it, because like the whole, you know, with any, if you're starting anything, people like to like understand the story of the brand, right? And the story really behind it is we were playing a bunch of backgammon during quarantine, drinking probably too much, but whatever, that's what like, I feel like a lot of Americans were doing during lockdown. It's just at home drinking wine or, or whatever they, whatever spirit they enjoy. And so we were doing a lot of that. So I was kind of like, well, maybe to like, to, to garner to the more frat bro, uh, you know, demographic, maybe like we turn it into like, we have like a drinking game. So then my sister wrote up these like really nice cards um, and like with all the drinking rules on it. So like we have our, we have our spin on that as, as well. And she's yeah. also, she's, she's a lawyer too. So we've trademarked Akgam. And so if anyone out there is trying to take it, like not happening, um, <laughs> my sister will take you out by the throat. So we <laughs> trademarked it and, you know, we work, we're like, we set up the LLC and she's good at that whole business side of things. And I'm just good at like the, the, the business development aspect. Yeah. And I can imagine for colleges, I can see not only it taking off on college campuses, but also bringing backgammon to young people and maybe getting them excited about the game. So, so there is definitely a, a, a renaissance of classic board games um, be, through quarantine. And that's what I'm kind of leaning on in terms of my sales pitch. Um, because one, obviously like the, that show on Netflix, the, the Queen's Gamut, which is yeah. about chess, 
there's been like, you know, people have been playing chess way more. Um, I get people are playing backgammon in way more I'm seeing. So um, yeah, it's kind of cool, but, uh, but yeah, it's just fun to start something with my sister too. Your life is ruled by boards. So for music, it's the soundboard, it's the surfboard, it's the backgammon board. That's, that's absolutely, yeah, that's a really interesting, but yeah, I guess so, for sure. <laughs> um, in, in terms of the businessy side of things, were you surprised that you took so easily to it? Because it sounds like you knew you got right into there and figured it out. Yeah, because my, my mindset with when anything that I've ever, like, opportunity that I've ever, that has ever happened to me in music, I've been, like, super um, ambitious, um, and I've had, like, about that and had that same mindset, like, you know, getting on tour, even, like, so Ben Queller, who's now, like, my mentor slash we write together a couple songs, he's releasing his album, actually, in a couple of days, and I wrote a few songs with him for that album, and, uh, like, he's just brought me under his wing and opened up his network to me. I didn't, that just didn't happen, like, I bumped him into him on the street a couple times in LA, and there's this whole crazy story behind it, but, like, I was pretty persistent in, in following up with him and in terms of, you know, getting on any tours with when I got on tour with Houndmouth or that just wasn't something I didn't get a phone call and be like, hey, guess what? You're gonna go on tour with Houndmouth and go play a bunch of theaters around the country. Like that was, there was definitely a, a persistence in the background going on on my end to, to try to connect those dots and make it happen. So honestly, like outside, like music is the hardest thing to get anyone to respond to you on. You know what yeah. I mean? Like agents and managers and labels are literally the most difficult people to to get a response from so for me to get a response from someone in like a, a, a gift shop is is pretty it's not it's not as hard right it's easier it's easier yeah how do you deal with because you and i both you know there i always think of us as kindred spirits because i think we had some flashy high school success um oh, yeah which can sometimes propel you to greater successes because you have this momentum but it also doesn't prepare you, I don't think, for the frustrations and the failures that will inevitably come in life, totally. right? I mean, things came pretty easy to me for a really long time. Sure. Um, so, but when the podcast started, I was like, after the first week, I was like, why isn't it number one on iTunes? Because I was so used to things just unfolding for me. Totally. Um, but, you know, four years in, we're, we're making some beautiful progress, but it has not been an overnight success no. at all. And, and it shouldn't be. Um, how do you handle the, the idea of frustrations, artistic frustrations, businessy frustrations? Um, how do you deal with that? Yeah, I think a, a really the, one of the most important things that in, in life is, and I'm sure my, my dad at some point like bestowed this upon me and it's a conversation I've actually had been having with my, my best buddies who I'm with right now um, that since we've been down here is ultimately like, is really just running your own race and focusing on yourself because if you get if if you get like if you look around and see someone's doing this like and in my case with the music oh this band like they're on tour doing that and they have this many streams on spotify and they're on this playlist and how it's like that's just it's a really unhealthy way to to live your life um so i try to just focus on really just focus on myself and not get distracted by um what other people are doing um, and also like, like you said, dude, like it's a, it's a long, it's, it doesn't happen overnight as, and that's what I've realized too, because look, I moved to LA, was playing in a band and then a fancy manager told me to come to London and I got a record deal from this little label over there. And to me, that was the, the coolest thing. And I thought it would just 
right. Like I thought when I was going to step foot in London, someone would be handing me a gin and tonic and there'd be a model on my shoulder and like the rest would be history. But like, it, it doesn't, it, it obviously doesn't happen like that. So um, yeah, it's just, and then also just the, the process, like ultimately look, man, like I'm releasing another a new single, which I'm really excited about called Teenage Wasted American Kids sometime in early um, Jan, uh, 2021. And just the, uh, I think it's just, it's kind of like, it's almost like, it's just like going to the slots and like just the potential of like, I'm, you know, or like, you know, rolling the dice, like just the potential of putting out a new song and that process of like creating something and one, seeing the people's reactions. Cause like, that's the best feeling ever, but being like two, like just the, 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 the hope of like, oh, maybe like it really resonates with people and it takes off like that to me what is what keeps me going and I'll do that the rest of my life so like um I just try to like continue to have that mindset of just like just worry about myself but then also just continue to like always like you know be pushing yourself and putting and, and putting yourself in new situations and putting out new creations as well so I'm excited because I'm now like gonna just be like releasing a bunch of music um in like a more like steady fashion than just like sit like put it I'm, I'm not I'm not like a big album person like or at least right now I kind of want to go back to like the single 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 thing it's getting too late to call back east well I'm with the zombies out of Venice Beach and I'm that lady she's down the street well, she don't speak but she sings in her sleep. We woke up at her place. She keeps her drugs in her camera case. 4 p.m. Still in bed. She rode over and then she said, Someday, maybe not today, I'll make a change. 
there always a kind of optimistic reflex that's just in hardwired into you? Yeah, I think I think the optim the optimistic reflex, which is hardwired into me, is is it's connected to this one this confidence that I have in me because like I know it's like I wrote this song. I think this song's awesome. Those lyrics are really cool. I'm freaking good at this. So like I have this like almost like Kanye-esque like confidence internally. Like I'm not like, you know, going on TMZ and saying I'm like the next Picasso or anything, but like <laughs> I just I have this internal confidence which leads to the which fuels the optimism, I think. Yeah, and you're you know, you're one of my favorite lyricists because I I find that I think I know your music and then say I'm I'm doing pull-ups in the park and I'm listening to Modern Love Child and I catch a line that I did not get the first 50 times. Cool. And I'm like, that's a really good line. Like the, the songs are, are really literate. Like they're, they're really Thank smart. You. Thank you, dude. I, I appreciate that. And like the thing is like, I guess the thing that keeps me going is just like, I will have like randomly, like I'll get hit up from people. Like, so my friend Ben Queller, like Ben was supposed to go before, right when COVID happened, Ben was supposed to go right with Ed Sheeran because Ed Sheeran is actually a big fan of Ben. Ben writes with, hits me up to write with him. So I'm kind of like, I like, I've like, I've gotten the respect from the people that I like, if I'm getting, I'm getting respect from someone like Ben, who I admire as a musician and a lyricist and songwriter, then I, that's what kind of fuels the confidence. Like, I know I can, you know, I'm like, I know, like, if, if you hear it, people will like, you'll like, people will, will get it. So I also like, there's been, I got right around South by Southwest and I'm still trying to sort this out. Um, this, uh, a producer, Ryan Hadlock, who did like Vance, she was the producer for Vance Joy and um, the Lumineers and a bunch of big albums. He was like nominated for a Grammy. I got an email from him like right around South by Southwest being like, hey, um, is, I, I wanna come see Modern Love Child. I discovered them on a Spotify playlist. I run the studio up in Seattle. So like those type of things. And we're still trying to work out like me finding a time to go up there and being able to afford to, to, to go up there and, and make potentially make music with him. But like having that, like those things that are kind of percolating in the background where I'm like, yo, like I like got, got this email and I looked the guy up. I'm like, yo, this dude won a Grammy and he's like, he found my music and he's hitting me up. So like, and then this dude, like, or I got someone reached out and was like, yo, your lyrics are actually like really legit. Like I, like some, like those little type of comments, like really kind of, I guess, feed into my, my Kanye side of me to be like, yo, I, I, I think I can, I'm pretty sure I can do this. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think we all should have a little Kanye in us. Totally. Uh, right. Cause that sort of that self-belief and, and by the way, that self-belief also extends to, I have tremendous belief in the stuff that I'm shitty at. You know, like, sure. right? like I know there's things I can't do, so I don't do them. And so the things that I do well, I do. Exactly. Um, right? Isn't that a part it, of it as well? Exactly, exactly. It's like, it's what I also want to get. And I feel like I've, like, I feel like I've like leaned a little bit too. And it's like, yeah, yes, that's actually not, like earlier before, like, like years ago, I was like, you know, like, the business side of things like that's not I'm not that and then I kind of I realized I had to be more present for those type of things and get better at having those type of conversations um so I guess but yeah I totally feel you on like the you know like know what you're know what you're you're good at and then have that fuel your your confidence 
Yeah, and Ben's a guy where when I first got into Ben, I remember I got the record with uh, "If I Was in Your Shoes, I Wouldn't Walk All Over You." So please don't yeah. walk that one. And the one, and also my favorite Ben song, which is "Lizzie." Um, oh, that's that's honestly one of my favorites too. The song is brilliant. Yeah, it's amazing. And he wrote that so young. And I remember thinking like to have that kind of mastery and to be that in touch with how good you are that young. Mm -hmm. um, I knew he was something really, really special when I first heard him. And he's just yeah, dude. amazing. Yeah, he's like a, he's like, it's crazy, man. Like I still like, even that whole, the fact that like, I'm like, he's like one of like my closest buddies now and I make music with him and, and like he's, it's crazy to me like it's crazy because i literally like I, I think i told you on the last podcast like i went to his concert when i was in college and like got kicked out for being drunk because i was so excited and taking like shots of fireball probably before and like so <laughs> it's just a crazy it's a crazy thing to me but then the fact that like oh he's like oh like i, I was like with him like one time he's like oh yeah dude ed's texting me i'm like ed sheeran like this is this is crazy to me. So, but, but he is like one of those artists that other musicians like respect him. And like, they like, no, he can, he can, he's very, he's a craftsman with, with his, uh, with his words for sure. Yeah. And he seems also very grounded artistically. Like he really seems like he knows how to just get in there and focus. Totally. Totally. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. His focus is like, is absolutely next level. Um, so um, what's happened for you creatively? Like, how, do, how is the sound of Modern Love Child? Are you finding that it's reflecting what's going on in the world? Are you, is the work getting somber? Is it get like, what are you noticing tonally? I'm really excited for, um, I'm, I'm really excited for this next, like, little, this next single I put out because it's kind of like an anthemic type song where, like, um, it's called Teenage Wasted American Kids and the whole premise, like the whole chorus is like, refrain is like, let's relive being teenage wasted American kids. And um, it's kind of like this, like kind of like nostalgic, like let's go enjoy ourselves type of thing. And I think that would be like really cool, like post COVID. That's why I kind of want to release it on like the, the tales of COVID being over. So like it could be like potentially be this, you know, like fuck 2020, like let's go 2021 type of thing, yeah. Yeah, but, absolutely. So yeah, so so it's more. I guess it's more like uplifting and maybe not as as like somber type of vibe. Um, but yeah, no, I'm I'm actually I've been giving a lot of thought in terms of like the production side of things, of like how I want my things to sound. So it's I honestly, it's a good question. I'm I'm. It's those are just like little things that I'm always kind of bouncing around like in my head. I'm like, oh, maybe should I go like more just straight acoustic and get more like just be more focused like lyrically and vocally or do and not go to the big production or maybe do I do this type of production and really lean into the pop thing. So um, I also just want to since I'm not like a band, it's my project. I have like the flexibility of like being able to like if I want to do a pop song, I'm going to do a pop song. If I want to do an acoustic Americana song. I'm going to do an acoustic Americana song. So I, I eventually just want to do it all. If you know, if COVID ended tomorrow and you could get back on the road, is your band something that you can assemble really easily, or or have they been affected in the way that they can't that their lives have changed? Yeah, I mean, I think their lives have definitely been affected just because they're all like session, you know, road dog, hired gun type of musicians, and that's certainly not going on right now. Um, but uh, in terms of assembling something, I, yeah, like I, I know, like since I've lived in LA and I've lived in New York and London, like I, I have those type of musician friends like everywhere that if I needed to assemble something, I could, I could certainly do that. How bad do you miss playing live? 
I really, it's like, it seems like for, it seems like a different, like a, the only time I've ever, like, so I was on like a run the other day and like, I was listening to the killers and I was like, kind of like, get, I had that like, you know, like feeling of like that, the endorphins and like the, that, like that fire. And that, that's the closest thing to like being up on stage and singing a song with loud music. And I was like, damn, I missed this. So yeah, like I certainly, I certainly miss it. And I, I can't imagine like all the other musicians, it's, I think it's going to be a massive like renaissance post COVID of just yeah. everyone's going to want to go to live shows. Everyone's going, I got to do everything. So I'm excited to, uh, to see what happens after we fully put this behind us. Yeah. And then there's also the notion of like, when will fans feel safe to gather together in the hundreds or the thousands? And also when will musicians feel safe to be around people totally. in that capacity? Totally. Yeah. And who knows? I think, I mean, obviously, I'm no doctor, but I'm sure like once more than half of our population is vaccinated, if it gets to that, like I think people, and I also think if you wanted to fill Madison Square Garden right now for a Taylor Swift concert, you could fill Madison Square Garden right now for a Taylor Swift concert. Yeah. You know, like you could, there's enough people, there's enough people and Taylor Swift fans that they would taste, take the risk and go, go see them. Yeah, I mean, there were 30,000 people at the Steelers game a week ago. Exactly. Like, you'll, you, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like, people are, obviously, you know, there's, it's a weird, it can be weirdly political, and, and it's, but I think people ultimately want to go back to normal. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. So, Modern Love Child, basically, what you've decided to do is you've decided to release singles for now. I'm going to release singles for now, uh, and I'm, and it's kind of cool because, I, I didn't even mean to do it this way. It was really sub, subconsciously, but I have a song called Teenage Wasted American Kids, which I want to release, which is this like thinking back to your youth and partying and like thinking back to like high school, sitting around a parking lot in the high school and smoking cigarettes type of thing. And then I have a song called High Fashion Designer Drugs, which is about this girl that moves to New York City and is in this high fashion elitist crowd in you know, downtown New York. So it's kind of like this youthful, like, nostalgic thing and then i'm gonna follow it up with the, the next step is like this very more like self um aware like you know whatever so it's, it's cool because and they're all they're both teenage wasted american kids and it's high high fashion designer drugs it's like four and four so like it kind of yeah. and it's just just a cool thing so i don't know I'm, I'm excited to release those kind of on like back to back to each other does it feel like kind of a kind of a relief or kind of a no pressure to go? I don't need to put a record out. I'll just I'll release these singles. And do it. Yeah, this. yeah. I don't like I don't have that any. I don't feel any sort of pressure like that. Ultimately, I can batch them up and put them them out as an album. And um, but yeah, I'm just more like just to me like the my musical process is like more like each song is just their own little poem or whatever that turns into like, it's just its own living thing. So I've never been like, I'm going to do a concept album and blah, blah, blah. For me, it's just like each experience. It's, it's some sort of experience that turns into a song. So have you, have you thought about, cause we're both English majors. Have you thought about ever writing a memoir or writing a book in terms of your travels or your experiences? Has that ever occurred to you? Certainly. Yeah. Um, but I think that's down the line when I'm just like, like just maybe just sitting on a beach somewhere and like really just taking some time off and have the time to focus on that. But sure, uh, maybe I'll also, there's a bunch of things. Like I said, I'm, I'm making making backgammon boards too, but I, that's not just gonna be backgammon boards. I'm gonna, I wanna be like the next pup daddy. <laughs> I'm like, I just wanna like, I wanna have my own liquor line and like be also a musician and a, an executive producer and all that stuff, so. 
yeah, what I, what I always like about talking to you is that the, and I'm the same as you, I, I feel this kind of optimism. I, I literally never give up in, about anything. I um, love it. Yeah, which, which can some, I mean, I'm not, I'm not holding a boom box outside a girl's window. If she doesn't like me, she doesn't <laughs> like me. Uh, bad, but in terms totally. of creatively, um, I'm never, I always feel undaunted by any kind of uh, no's. Um, I always feel that there's a yes out there somewhere that you have to find. Totally, uh, man. You know? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's why we are kindred spirits. Nice to be kindred spirits with someone who's so talented, uh, but you know, to be fair, he's far more talented than I am. But you know what? I'll take it. Modernlovechild.com is where you need to go to find out what's going on with Johnny Shane and the band. Uh, if you want to visit me online, alexgreenonline.com is where you need to go for that. Bombshellradio.com is a place to go to find out what's happening with our radio station. And, uh, and what's making us tick these days. Stereo Embers, the podcast, is available on all podcast platforms. Find the one that you use. Go to it. Subscribe. Leave us a rating. Maybe a nice comment or two. That would really put a little spring in our step. Our happiness may or may not depend on it. Uh, no pressure. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Embers Editor. You can follow me on Instagram at Embers Podcast. You can also email me the old-fashioned way. Editor at StereoEmbersMagazine.com. Let's close the show with a longer listen to Modern Love Child's brand new song, Teenage Wasted American Kids. Enjoy it, and thank you as always for listening to Stereo Embers, the podcast, only right here on Bombshell Radio. I wish we were still 18, living out a daydream, falling in love.